You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings have been around since 1961. And I just want them to win a damn Super Bowl before I die. Welcome to Before I Die with Judd and Jesse on Purple Daily and Score North. Just one before I die. Guys, I don't know about you, but I know on New Year's Eve, watching the atrocity that was the Minnesota Vikings versus Green Bay game, I consumed a couple of Surleys before I die, just very sadly. Like, uh, this is happening again. But that's the theme of the show. This year, not looking like the Vikings are going to get us the Super Bowl before we die, but I'm Jesse Pierce, host of Bardown Beauties, frequenter over on Judd's Hockey Show, and writer for NHL.com. He's Mr. Positivity, everyone's favorite sports dad, Judd Zolget. And over here we got producer Ross, who... This year, Ross, we have felt some pain, not some pain, but why do you love the Vikings? I love the Vikings because the pain lets me know that I am still alive, and oh boy, has there been some pain recently. A lot of pain in the second half of this season, and too much of it. The problem with that is, you guys, they should have just done what we had wanted them to do at the beginning of the year and just tanked, right? Like, why did we have to go in and be like, sure, maybe we'll do this. And, oh, Josh Dobbs, here comes this. This season, you guys, the tumultuous, the roller coaster I've been asked to get off forever and ever. It was worse this year, Judd. It really was. I can't take it. You know what it was a lot like? 2020 with Zimmer. That that team's same thing. They traded uh, Ngakwe at the deadline. It's like, this season is over. You should trade more guys. They don't. They go to Green Bay. They win a game in Green Bay. Then they start a run. The same exact thing. The Vikings love, like all sports teams in th- this town, deep down they love to torture their fan base. They love to do that. They love to, just when you think they're dead, they'll rise from the, uh, they'll rise up from the grave and tease you, and then they'll go back in the tank. And that's what, I, I mean, if you look at the parallels, 2020 and this are very similar. And it went from, hey, the team's going to stink, but they're going to get a high draft pick to, oh, no, they're not dead. They've won four or five games in a row down to, I mean, I don't know what we saw on Sunday, but that was as bad as you can, I think, against the Packers. That's about as bad as it can get at home against Green Bay. Like, that's some bottom-of-the-barrel crap right there. Mm. Think about what we've been through the last two seasons as Vikings fans, the ups and downs of the 13 and 4 year that in all honesty could have easily been a 7 and 10 year like the one the Minnesota Vikings might be facing. Then this year you get again what could be 7 and 10, maybe 8 and 9, likely 7 and 10, and you can start picking through that schedule aside from a handful of games, Judd, to your point, you can start looking at some of these games and go, well, they could have beat Denver, perhaps they beat the Chargers earlier this year. It's just been an incredibly wild ride for the Minnesota Vikings the last few years. And in all honesty, just think about what we've been through the last six weeks with Josh Dobbs, Nick Mullins, Jaron Hall, back to Nick Mullins, and still somehow, albeit really no realistic chance, heading into week 18, the final week of the season, you're not eliminated from the playoffs and you have played three different quarterbacks in the last month and a half. That's... That's borderline incredible, and I don't know what to make of it. I really don't. 
And they're heading in against a very angry Dan Campbell. Oh, yeah. Lions. Good. So Go Lions. Just aggressive. I am here for it, though, in case you guys missed what happened to Detroit. Go look it up. Quick little Google search and see how they kind of got screwed over in favor of the NFL script writers once again as they head into week 18 against your Minnesota Vikings. Uh, speaking of kind of not getting screwed over per se, but as you had mentioned there, Ross, the quarterback situation has been a contentious point all season for the Minnesota Vikings, ever since they lost Kirk Cousins to that Achilles injury in that first Green Bay victory. Uh, but then they had Josh Dobbs, who were like, yay, we like Josh Dobbs. And then you had Nick Mullins, and you're like, mm, okay, he's better than Josh Dobbs. And then you're like, boo, Nick Mullins, we're going to put in Jer- uh, Jaron Hall. No, he's also bad. I mean, Jaron Hall, 5 for 10, passing for 67 yards and two turnovers. He obviously got pulled for the wild card that is Nick Mullins to me, because that dude just kind of, I never know what he's going to do. He's going to be aggressive with it. I like it. Given those quarterbacks, guys, Dobbs, Hall, and Mullins, as you head into Week 18 against Detroit, KOC again, not naming his quarterback. Who's your quarterback, Judd Zolgad? All right, so he's, uh, KOC said in his Monday press conference that he had picked the QB because the players were off. He hadn't told them yet, so he wasn't going to tell us. I think it's going to be Josh Dobbs, and here's why. Josh Dobbs stepped in and did a nice job. Now, he fell apart, but, you know, he gets benched. Mullen steps in and was just in the toilet the whole time, right? Like, like he stepped in at the end of the Raiders game. He didn't train wreck it, but okay. But then he plays against the Bengals. That's a, you know, that game was a disaster. The next game's a disaster. Um, Jaron Hall, who we saw play for part of a first quarter against the Falcons and looked good, looks like he's incapable of playing. Like, that Packers game was scary. I I think they took him out for his own sanity. Like, I don't think he got benched because of, uh, well, he's he's doing okay, but he's not. He was awful. He looked like he was scared. So I think they go back to Dobbs as a bit of a thank you. That's That's my prediction. I would agree. How long of a leash do you guys think, and Ross, we'll start with you, how long of a leash does Jaron Hall have? I mean, he was a fifth-round pick, so I think the Vikings aren't certainly ready to necessarily give up on him, per se. And KOC said something interesting during intermission um, of the game against Green Bay, saying, hey, yeah, we weren't expecting him to be good, which is a crazy thing to say about any one of your players, right? Knowing what's on the line, knowing that it's Green Bay, knowing it's this rivalry. But where do you think Jaron Hall falls as far as the future and he and the Minnesota Vikings? Well, it is pretty incredible for Kevin O'Connell to say something at halftime along the lines of, you know, he, he struggled a bit. It wasn't all that unexpected, in which my comeback would be, there's two schools of thought here. If it wasn't all that unexpected why were you playing him in a must-win game? Or if it wasn't all that unexpected, then he should have just been back out there to start the second half, and you should just be rolling with him through the end of the season so we can get the experience. As far as where I think he fits with the Minnesota Vikings long-term, I don't think anything that's happened this year changes anything. He is the developmental guy. He is maybe your backup down the road two, three years from now. Heck, if the Vikings don't make a move for a quarterback in the offseason of of any sorts to be the heir apparent to Kirk Cousins or the immediate replacement, he may, with another offseason under his belt, be the backup next year. But I don't think he was ever, ever, ever brought in here with the intent to be the future starting quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. If he was, it was because they got incredibly lucky a la Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, 
or you know any other quarterback that's been taken in the third or fourth round, Dak Prescott, to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think it changes anything with Jaron Hall. He'll absolutely be on the roster next year. It just depends. Is he the number two or the number three? Uh, Kirill Kaprizov was a fifth-round pick, too, for those of you that maybe forgot and didn't know. <laughs> very very comparable. Fifth-round wingers and uh, fourth-round quarterbacks and fifth-round quarterbacks. <laughs> very comparable NHL to uh, NFL, You're I welcome. believe, right? Hall, mm-hmm. Hall, though, was was not stuck in Russia. True. So that's the difference there. At least with Kirill, it's like, well, he's not going to come over for a I, long time. Yeah, that's a good point. Hall was stuck in uh why am I blanking? Correct. Yeah, why am I blanking on where? Yeah, where is BYU though? Why am I blanking on that? I was going to make right? Provo, it's in right? One of those weird Provo. There we go. Provo, yeah. Utah. Provo, Utah. I, I was going to make a, a Utah Russia joke, but I couldn't think of the city he was in. So that that, that spoils it, Roscoe. Right there, you got. <laughs> I know. I know. Provo. I'm sorry. I mean, I'll change. Since, I'll change my best. Since we get to talk quarterbacks, <laughs> let's start with Kirk Cousins. You guys, let's start there. 36 years old, has thrown for 4,000 yards in four seasons and 30 touchdowns in three since joining the Minnesota Vikings in 2018. First things first, first reaction, guys. <clears throat> Kirk Cousins, is he back in the Minnesota Vikings uniform next year? Judd? I think he is now. I, I think he's back. I they, They've talked about, uh, on a lot of occasions, they want him back. My fear is that, d- despite the fact that you cannot compare Kirk to the three guys who have replaced him, because those guys are backups at best, mm-hmm. or in Hall's case, just a raw player. Um, but here's what I think. Because of how the Vikings operate, I think they're going to bring Kirk back, and I think they're going to go defense with a high first-round pick. That's my – now, I would personally take a quarterback, and I would personally move on from Kirk, because at some point in time, you have to. Like, look at what the Bears – you know, the Bears are playing well now. Well, guess what? They're young. They've got players up and coming. Uh, the Packers appear to have found a quarterback who, if not, you know, he might not be uh, certainly far of a Rodgers, but he looks way more competent than we thought. And the Lions are right now the champions of the division. So I would take this opportunity to hit the reset button. The Vikings don't. So I think that they're going to bring back Kirk. Uh, I think they're going to sign Jefferson to a huge contract. I think there's a fighting chance Daniil Hunter leaves, which is too bad. But I think they're going to go defense first round. That is not, just to be very clear, that's not what I would do. But you're asking me what I think they will do. And covering this team for a long time, there's not a lot of originality, even though the characters do change. But certainly he, let Judd know what you feel on X and all that <laughs> stuff. Make sure you're tweeting at him saying what a crazy, go right at outrageous him. thing. I want a new quarterback. he's saying. I, I like Kirk. Kirk's great. <laughs> Took his shirt off. Hilariously funny. He's more likable now. Yeah. He's more likable now, and that's awesome. But, I mean, these guys need to eventually hit a reset button. They just don't want to. Are you thinking I a live- $30, $40 million contract for Kirk? I mean, he has now the numbers that would support, and especially with how the Vikings have performed. I don't think he's going to take a team friendly. No, I right? He's going to get he's going to get paid. I think he's going to get more. Yeah, if Kirk takes a reasonable contract, you guys, that would change my opinion. But, I mean, Kirk Cousins has never taken less. And I will say this. He will exceed for sure what Daniel Jones got. And Daniel Jones got a pretty good payday. Ain't no way Kirk Cousins and his reps are going to allow him to be paid, you know, the same or less, in my opinion, than Daniel Jones. Here's a hypothetical for both of you, Judd and Jesse, because, Judd, I'm terrified of what you said. I actually feel like that's what the Vikings will do. Let's just say they stay where they're at right now, roughly. Let's just let's give them the 10th pick in the in the upcoming NFL draft. So maybe they take a defensive player. Would you then turn around? Would you be okay with let's say it was 42 or maybe they moved up to pick 37 in the second round 
and they took the best of who was left. Maybe that's J.J. McCarthy, maybe that's Bo Nix, maybe that's somebody else, and they're still going to sit for a year or two and maybe be the heir apparent. Would you be okay with that? Would that be okay? Or is the absolute preferred method, no matter what happens with Kirk Cousins, you are spending that 10th overall pick or moving up or moving back in the first round and taking a quarterback? What would you do? Go ahead, Jesse. So you're saying they would go with the like Judd's plan, and your first round pick is a defensive player. It's not my plan. It's not his plan. It's his belief. It's Judd's plan. Let me no, be very Judd's clear. Hey, X, that's not my plan. I, I'm, I'm afraid of it. Jesse's but, just trying to get you lit up on X. Yes. I, I know she is. I know exactly what she's doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not uh, going to. I'm going to defend myself. <laughs> yeah, so to, to be, be clear, clear, I'm saying at ten the Vikings take. Let's say it's an edge rusher, right. yep. and at forty two okay. they take Bo Nix because he's still sitting yes. there. Would yeah. you be okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm all for best available, I guess, if that's the plan you're going to adhere to. And we had talked about, I believe, last week's episode. I want aggressive. I want you to move up and get a good quarterback because the Minnesota Vikings have never done that, as Judd said. It's a very sit and complacent type of approach, and I want to see some aggressiveness. I want to see some some drive and some, yes, we want this. So. It's not my ideal situation. I would prefer them, yes, to move up and take a quarterback in the first round with that. You know, maybe Jaden Daniels. I don't know. I'm just throwing names out there. But uh, I I would otherwise settle for. I would be okay with them doing something to get a quarterback with their next pick. I mean, I think it would be smart. But the, uh, my problem is this, too. So this is where the 2022 draft bites them in, in the behind as well. Lewis Seen is unplayable. I mean, he played like six snaps on Sunday, and we celebrated because he hadn't played in two months. Andrew Booth Jr., who was getting some playing time midseason and got a little bit because of injuries on Sunday, is is basically not part of the plan, or at least he has not been, right? Heck of a Those hit are, in the post game, though, Judd, hitting, well, that, uh, hitting Jones, that undressed player. Well, yeah, so he hit the undressed <laughs> player. The undressed Packer player took a shot at Booth and hit Aaron Jones, and Jones <laughs> thought Booth had hit him. It was like the Three Stooges. But but the problem is, like, we're talking about a draft where the top of the draft didn't produce much. So, like, now you've got to try and recoup those. Like, you've got either draft guys to replace. You know, that's the problem is the depth. This is why you can't whiff on uh, first round, second round. Like, you look at that draft. There's a lot of whiffs there. That's a problem. Um, that being said... If they took a quarterback in the second round, the only problem there is this. That's a four-year contract, not five. Yep. Correct. So are yep. you going to have that guy sit for two years and now have two years left on his contract behind Kirk? I, I just really think that if they keep Kirk, I could see them justifying in their minds having a hopefully better backup, but not drafting a QB high because they're always in it to win it. I can also see a scenario, and I want to know what you guys think about this, very similar to the Teddy Bridgewater draft, where they wait and see who's falling. And to your point, Judd, even if there's a guy that they say, oh, we could probably get him at 37, they might trade up to grab him at 31 or 32 to get that extra year. So I, I, I still lean towards maybe it's just because I'm thinking with my heart and not how the Vikings would think or I'm thinking with my brain and not their brain, I still think they're going to leave the first round of the NFL draft with a quarterback in some way, shape, or form. But I I still continue to believe, like many, the best way to do that is if Cousins comes back just to have whoever it is wait behind him. Because, yeah, this roster has flaws, but they can compete next year, and they can compete to 
maybe not win a Super Bowl, but I, I would like to think they would be in the mix with the roster coming back and if Kirk Cousins stays healthy. But I want to win one before I die, like the show says. And the only way to do that is to truly restart that clock at quarterback, kiddo. So that's got to happen at some point. And very quickly, 49ers, keep an eye on them. If they go belly up right away in the playoffs. Oh, they could pursue Kirk. It's possible they could pursue Kirk. They could pursue and, Kirk. And Not convinced, but it's could. possible. And the Falcons could, too. Like, the Falcons make a lot of sense. His wife's from there. But but the, but the thing, if Kirk comes back, okay, so so consider this, too. If Kirk comes back and you sign, and I think you will, Jefferson to a contract extension, right? And I, I asked Phil and Dex this as well. Are, do you think those two veterans are going to say, you know what we should do? Draft a quarterback high. Of course they're not. They're going to say, if Kirk comes back, get us guys that can help in 2024. Mm-hmm. So, so like, think about the philosophy of the players. Because they don't give a damn about 2025 26 they want to win now so if you're so if your options are kirk's coming back but we're going to take a quarterback in the first round your core guys are going to say no let's take defense there let's get an edge that can step in the first day so i mean this is a very slippery slope it's very intriguing and it's going to take some um somebody with a lot of intestinal fortitude not to cave in and do something short term which it seems is what the vikings continually do which is the short term this is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Uh, I curious question for you guys to both of you i'd like you to answer honestly where does kirk rake on your vikings quarterback list all time Ooh, all time oh that's a great question thank you i've done this before do do? so um tarkington <laughs> tart tarkington is he higher up on, he higher <laughs> up on your list than you would have ever thought and oh, do you yeah, think that high. you have gotten the best years out of kirk like that's i guess my other concern about signing him again is like can he continue at this level like you know i don't know and he's coming off a torn achilles he's going to be 36 in august all very very good points i personally don't think he will ever win a championship um i think he can be effective but i don't think he's ever going to win a championship uh but i mean he's what he's second or third tarkington's one yeah but but i mean here but but i say that with this disclaimer for dante Well, okay, let me hop in here really quickly, Judd. (laughs) So I I think Tark's easily number one, Fran Tarkington, right? You can then, you immediately start at number two, you start deciding, okay, well, Culpepper and Cousins are probably two and three. It just, I guess, all depends how you want to frame the argument, who's two and who's three. You you could make the argument that Brett Favre could be two, if you're just talking about one season, but I would... I don't do that, though. I I think it's got... There's got to be a minimum number of seasons with Yeah, I don't think it can be the one and done. Yeah, there's got to be some longevity, so and he plus, falls Favre farther down the list. That was a disaster. Correct. So, like, so Favre, the whole Favre experience was its own weird thing. Yeah, it's probably between, it's probably, um, in fairness, statistically as well, it's probably Tarkington, Cousins, Dante, and then what, Kramer, Moon? Yeah, Kramer. Mm-hmm. Brad Johnson maybe in there a little bit. I mean, I... 
that God that's the no. that's the thing. Like no. the Vikings aren't the Bears, but you're also really outside of Fran Tarkington, not talking yeah. about this franchise that historically well, has the world's greatest quarterbacks. Get this: they have never drafted a quarterback in the first round who immediately started. Yes. Yep. Isn't that nuts? Paul Pepper didn't. Teddy didn't. Now Teddy did start eventually because I think Matt Castle got hurt. Yes. But. They've never they have never drafted a quarterback and started that guy immediately. And that is absolutely crazy. But it speaks to how few quarterbacks they have truly drafted in the first round as well. Yeah, that's fair. So I, I'm, just curious about that. I'm struggling with that question, Jesse. I don't know if I put him second or third. I mean, Cole Culpepper, you had what? One NFC championship game, maybe two? One, right? One. One, one forty forty one donut type season, mm-hmm. but Cousins has yeah. had more stability. Right, yeah, he's consistent. That's tough. Cousins has always been very consistent. Yes, and his numbers are probably like like he doesn't run, but obviously his passing stats are really good. Mm-hmm. But I but I think your question. So I would personally, off the top, top of my head, go Tarkington, Cousins, Culpepper, probably Kramer, uh, Kramer, and and Moon Cunningham to me. And Favre are their own entities because they're just such special pop-ups. Um, but that being said, that's a damning thing because I'm not saying Cousins a second, and I think that's great. I'm saying look at the dearth of quarterbacks yeah. this franchise has had. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've i said this for a long time. I don't think they've had anyone you could consider a franchise quarterback since Tarkington because Dante's run was too short, in my opinion, to be considered what we think of as a franchise quarterback. At this point, would you say, even if it hasn't lived up to the top billing, though, that Kirk Cousins, at some degree, is your franchise quarterback because he started for now more than half a decade and may start for a couple more seasons? Yeah, but mm-hmm. but I mean, I think you're torturing the term, but yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk Don- more about Donovan McNabb, bridge oh. quarterback, best bridge quarterback the Vikings yes. ever had. Donovan hey. McNabb. The greatest <laughs> those- quarterback of all time. All those short hops. Hey, Wendy's. Hey, Wendy's, we're coming. Hey, Burger King, we're coming. (laughs) And it's like, oh, my God, he's really going to eat that much. Very impressive. Oh, Donovan. (laughs) So good. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more about Kirk Cousins and the injury that he sustained this year has meant to the quote-unquote biggest, uh, baddest, worst, maybe one of the badder seasons the Minnesota Vikings have had. Uh, In comments from YouTube. I I like your transition there, Comments. From YouTube. Oh, a constant we... winner, guys. I, <laughs> no, it's I, okay. You know. <laughs> Jesse, you have to carry us every week. It's it's okay that every now and then you should fall and we might have to Thank pick you. you up and do our oh, best. Thank you. This first comment comes from Phil Colvin, 4058. This season was about turnovers. Turnovers, very little running, and poor clock management up until Cousins got injured. The question... In this lost season, Judd and Jesse, the biggest culprit for the lost season, aside from the Cousins injury, what are you blaming on the lost season, aside from the Cousins injury? Judd, you can go first. Oh, it's mistakes. I'm, I mean, he's exactly right. Don't forget, with Cousins and Jefferson, this team was 1-4. and four. Yep. 0-3, oh 1-4. Why? Because they did not protect the football. They did not protect the football. And and you know, that one and four start was because of that. So like we I feel like we're giving this whole thing a little bit of a pass because the quarterback situation after Kirk got hurt. And yes, that's true. But keep in mind, 
I believe you won five consecutive games uh, while Kirk was out. And the and and I know it can be considered fluky, but the protecting of the football comes down to a lot of things, including coaching. And so I think that's a big thing. And also, this team was two and six at home, mm-hmm. eight and one last year. Now they they played nine games in two thousand twenty two. They played eight games at, at home in twenty three. But uh, two and six that's one of the worst since the Vikings moved indoors in eighty two. Okay. They've they went two and six in in the three and thirteen uh, season at home with Les Deckel eighty four. They went one and seven in the three and thirteen year with Les Frazier. But this is among the worst seasons at home the Vikings have ever had indoors. That's a very interesting thing for a team that for a long time has taken a lot of pride in our stadium is tough to play in. U.S. Bank was an easy place to play this season. I mean, I think Judd nailed it. They're really that is the biggest problem. It was these simple mistakes, the basic things. You couldn't play basic game football. I'm gonna toss in this. An underwhelming se- season from TJ Hawkinson. I think that's also something that maybe we haven't <clears throat> explored as much. And I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with me, but I just have been very unimpressed with the way Hawk had played the majority of games. And I think that's largely in part to the fact that he got paid big time so I was expecting far far better from him but I think Hawk plays a slight role too because this could have been especially when JJ goes out this could have been something that he could have stepped in and really taken to the next level and I would have expected him to given the contract that they had signed him to um you know injuries aside to to him as well I just think Hawkinson's underwhelming performance this season also attributes to what was ends up being a kind of catastrophic terrible bad season for the Vikings. Yeah, and definitely seems like there were a lot more drops from him than normal. Maybe that was injury related. Maybe it gets cleaned up next year. Mm -hmm. Early especially. To Judd's point on the Vikings moving indoors back in what, 1982, and this being one of their worst seasons indoors. uh, Anecdotally, in only a handful of games, you know who plays really well indoors? Michael Penix Jr. Just saying. He loves playing in those indoor stadiums. Two torn ACLs, Roscoe. Two torn <laughs> ACLs. Find him five guys that can keep him upright and don't ask him to run too much. That's all I got to say. Comment number two from YouTube, and I think this one hits right to sports dad. And Jesse, I think we're going to start calling you sports mom because you are a mom. You're now okay. well-versed into sports. I'm just, Judd, I don't know how you feel about that, but sports dad, sports mom, yeah. here we go. This is from 200 CDL, which I believe is a uh, driver's license class, correct? You're young, you got time, me not so long. This is in reference to the mantra, before I die. The question to sports dad and sports mom, what's your advice for young and new Minnesota Vikings fans? Jesse, you go first. Jesse goes, yeah. Ironically, I had a conversation (laughs) with my six-year-old on New Year's Eve because he was staying up and... He goes, you know what, Mom? I'm sad. And I said, why is that? He's like, well, because the Vikings are losing. And I said, you're going to have to get used to that. Like, this is nothing. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Like, he obviously doesn't understand. He just knows, well, Mom and Dad like this team, so I'm yes. going to cheer for that. I will encourage him to – no, actually, I won't. No, he's born here. This is – sorry, this is what we're, we're given. You're given this. You're born here. This is your team. You don't get to choose. You don't get to say, hey, you know what? I like the Cowboys. I don't care. You don't. You live in Minnesota. You deal with this pain. My advice to him is just, yeah – be just get yep. used to it it's fine it's not a big deal it'll be fine what builds calluses right builds yep builds strong muscles being a vikings fan 
Kid needs exactly. a beer is what the kid needs. Well, exactly. I was drinking one of my before I dies, and I was like, yeah. this is just this is This just is how we get through it, Junior. Yep. This is how we get through it about about twelve years from now. Oh. You'll you'll be absolutely fine with these heartbreaking defeats. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Judd? That's it? Beer? Yeah. Give the kid a beer? beer. Oh, I what would I tell him? I mean, I don't know. You're it's it's look, it, it's Buckle not like up. We're, it's not like we're alone here. I mean, there's you know, there's there's young people who are who have been Lions fans, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, but I but I would tell them that always prepare yourself to be disappointed because if you don't, you're going to be you're you're going to be surprised way too much. Like mm-hmm. the Vikings fans, to to your point, have calluses. Say what? Well, I I was expecting it. I was expecting the worst thing to happen because so I would say that rarely do good things happen to this team, and they will tease you, but they will but but they will often break your heart. Sort of like a relationship. Kids should learn, right? Mm-hmm. You got to get your heart broken in relationships. What whether that be with a boyfriend or girlfriend or the Vikings, it's a perfect. It's perfect. It, it's a life lesson. Do you guys have that moment, and I actually kind of vividly remember one of mine, where you just remember or think for the first time, boy, following this team sucks. Yeah. For for me, it was the 99 NFC Championship game. Ross, speaking in the third person, would have been 12, 13 years old, watching the game with my dad and a couple neighbors. And after the game, I think I kind of, I don't think I really stormed off. I've never been that type of person, but I think I just kind of stared angrily or blankly. Good old Pops comes up, puts his arm around me almost instantly after the game and just goes, now you know what it's like to be a Vikings fan. Mm-hmm. I've thought about that every season since 1999. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> every season. Yep. I mean, it that's bonds us. us, really. It just it, <laughs> it bonds does. us, though. It makes it us does. a stronger like win- person. If it's our like winters winter. aren't outside. Yes, exactly. Our winters outside are already make You're us right. stronger people. We're better people for it, if you ask me. What fun is She's it right. to be Boston? You know, like that's a yeah. parade every other year. Come on now. Imagine the jubilation when we finally win something in this town outside of the Gopher women's hockey team and the Minnesota Lynx, which, by the way, taking nothing away from them. I always say yeah. it's the women in this town that carry the sports water for the men. Right, yeah. and hopefully they keep winning. The men got to do something at some point. Yeah. Do that? Yeah. <laughs> maybe fine. not. At this point, maybe not. Well, speaking of doing things before we die, let's get to our before I dies. Time now for the before I die crew to give us their <clears throat> before I dies. You want me to go? I'll kick it off. Yeah, you go go first. Let's go. Go ahead. Obviously, tis the season for bowl games, you guys. We've seen a lot on the field, off the field. I am here, though, you guys, for more unhinged things happening during the bowl games, like the Mayo Bowl and getting dumped on with Mayo, which is just disgusting. I couldn't stop watching. I was like, ugh, so gross. The Pop-Tart mascot. I want more of these fun off-field shenanigans. More of that. The pop- I mean, yeah, take the world by storm. Who cares about the game when there's so many of them, when every other day it's this random? Like, I only want sponsors that are there to have fun with it and be a little crazy, a little chaotic, a little unhinged, because that makes it even more entertaining when nobody wants to watch to, you know, Six-win teams duke it out for literally nothing except maybe to get dumped on with mayo. That's what I want before I die. That Pop-Tart Bowl is unbelievable. That's unbelievable. One of the mo- yeah, that's great. one of the most incredible things I've seen. I have, I don't remember who played. <laughs> no. The fact that they toasted the Pop-Tart. And they ate him. And then <laughs> ate the Pop-Tart. I mean, who thought of this? And how? Here's here's my question. How many drugs were done 
in the idea of that game. Like that's people smoking dope. I don't know what they're doing, hallucinogenics. But those people were. I I guarantee they were not sober. I think I I've thought thought about this and talked about this with even buddies since then since the game a couple days ago, you know how this went down too. This person is explaining it to other people in the office like, or their friends and family. And they're like, this is going to go over like a lead balloon. Why are we doing this? They were but all it's, high, Ross. But it's so preposterous and stupid so, that it was awesome. No, so they're sure. And the memes that came from it are incredible. It's very reminiscent. It's yes. reminiscent of Katy Perry's Left Shark. Yeah, Left Shark. Yes, yeah, left, left Shark, shark. mascot couldn't do anything, and you're like, "What is happening?" Yeah, but this like was that. a whole game it orchestrated game. around this one thing. <laughs> that was done by a room filled with people smoking marijuana for sure, and they loved it. And the more they talked about it, some guys like. Hold on a second. What if we got a huge toaster? I mean, a huge toaster and lowered and lowered Ted. Ted, you're going to do this into that. I mean, I'm telling you right now, there is no way somebody sane ran this through a room of no. sober people. This was all done by the time that they they were done. They were eating mass quantities of Pop-Tarts. Uh, and, and then we got to play some music when we got the Pop-Tart. Oh, it's just genius. And, and so don't good. forget the game, like five minutes before kickoff, that Pop-Tart came out of the toaster. Yeah, just So he, he came out of like, the yeah, toaster, then right went back in. <laughs> if you guys go back and watch, and I'm not joking, if you guys go back and watch late 60s, early 70s kid kids TV shows, not cartoons, but there, there's a show called HR Puffin Stuff, okay? And you, you and you can find it on YouTube. And what it is is a bunch of young adults, I guarantee you got high as kites, and we're like, kids will love this because it's, you know, because it's seemingly fun. This is what this was. This is what, I mean, who the hell gets in a Pop-Tart costume for an entire afternoon? That's the thing about this. This wasn't a halftime show, you guys. Yeah, yeah it was the entire show. The entire game. And I don't know who played, and I don't care. <laughs> the one part that I was giggling at, too, was an, a missed field goal, and the Pop-Tarts trying to catch the missed field goal yes. with a net <laughs> off of the yeah. net. And you're telling me that that person was not baked? <laughs> and then, oh, I don't know if you guys saw it at the, the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl on New Year's Day. It's the, same, it's the same conglomerate. So they were doing similar things where I think they were poking fun at please the, don't at kill the me. Pop tart, yeah, I was like, or please don't eat me or something. And at the same, yes. at like the same signs, and he was also or she also coming out of the box of Cheez Its and going back so in. So so, so well done. And Jesse, you hit the nail on the head. And I've said this from the get go. Uh, the how many bowl games? There's going to be 42 by the end of it if you count the national championship. I'm not lying. I've watched bits and pieces of 35 plus of these games. I love them. But a part of loving them is the absurdity of them, right? <laughs> so the yeah. Mayo Bowl is classic. I don't know if you guys saw this. Mike Loxley, he won the Mayo Bowl last year with Maryland, won whatever bowl game they were in this year. I think it was the Music City Bowl. He gets doused with Gatorade, and the sideline reporter says, how did that feel? And he immediately goes, oh, it felt a lot better than that Mayo did last year. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> there's... The Duke's Mayo Bowl is still getting schlepped by the coach who was in the game the year before. Em embrace the absurdity of it. Yes. Think about what what those stoners did for Pop Tarts, John. Oh, the stoner. It's, I, I it's saw all we estimate. talked about in bowl season. It's all I we saw, talked about. Mm -hmm. I saw an estimate on on the worth of like that telecast. It was like one point five million dollars. <laughs> 
the best meme. It's free advertising the whole time. Right, yeah. And it's Pop-Tarts. No one thinks of Pop-Tarts now, but now I do. Now y'all best... think about Did you guys see some great memes? The best one I saw was the, uh, and I feel bad, but, I mean, you can't not laugh, was the Pop-Tart at the Kennedy assassination. No. <laughs> so, that one, that one, albeit, you know, RIP JFK, that did make me giggle. It was, oh, wait a minute. There's Pop-Tart just standing at the, at the Grassy parade. Hole. Unpopular yeah. <laughs> opinion. I don't even toast my pop tarts if I were to ever have them. I like, think that's I fine. Kid, I never toasted them. A s'mores pop tart is great. Yeah. S'mores right out of the bag is great. Yeah, I feel like pop tarts um, were far more popular when I through about the early '90s, and have sort of sort of regressed a little bit. But I mean, this will definitely help <laughs> if that's true. Yeah, I might be wrong too. Jesse, you kind of stole mine. Uh, I'm going to dovetail off of you. And my yeah. before I die was literally going to be, if we're going to continue to do the bowl games, I do think slowly but surely they're going to get phased out. That may start as early as next year, but there's still going to be a massive slate next year. I think you're only going to lose four or six games next year, even if you lose that many. But to your point, Jesse, embrace the absurdity. You know, if they're truly supposed to be fun and all these coaches talk about it's a reward for the players, it's a reward for the fan bases... Make them fun. Make them outlandish. Make them crazy. Bravo to the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Bravo. Well, <laughs> and it, it's a joke now because the portal starts immediately yes, after yeah. the regular yep. season ends. And so, you know, half these teams, I, I think Florida State was down 26 guys. Yeah. And not surprisingly, got smoked. Um, so, yes, if you're going to lose players, like, like that's the thing is, it's so stupid, you know, well, these are great practices. It's a month of practice. For who? Like 12 guys? <laughs> yep. <laughs> They're not anyway. nearly what they used to be, and that no. hopefully will get fixed at some point, so maybe you we'll have more continuity in your bowl roster. But yeah, anybody who's in the 12-team playoff, those guys aren't opting out or transferring. If no. they are, they'll wait till after the game. And that's why, and you know, the, the two semifinals played on Monday night were so fantastic, because mm. oh. that was real football games. You didn't that's need great. the Pop-Tart in those games, but the Pop-Tart was fun. <laughs> we um, didn't need it, but we would have taken it. We want it, yeah. <laughs> Requested. Can you see Nick Saban with the Pop Tart like, around him? <laughs> I want to see Alabama fall so far back that Nick Saban is doused with Duke's mayo Ooh. next year. Oh God, that would set. He'd retire, right? He would yeah, retire. There'd be no one left on that yeah. team then. He'd yeah. cut them all. He'd yeah. cut them all. Okay, before I, I die, I'm actually going to give credit to my wife Dawn for this, but she's exactly right. Uh, Saturday or Sunday? Saturday, I think it was. We we had to stop in at Costco for a couple of things. Now it's a weekend, <laughs> so that's our own fault. But she had a great idea. Anyone who gets a Costco membership should have to take a lesson on how to enter their parking lot and drive in it. <laughs> I thought that was uh, so like there's a class, a Costco class. Now, yes. her, her thing was was it should be twofold because at least at our SLP Costco, everyone gets in the same line. And there's like literally like two people at this line and 25 people at this one. So her whole thing is that there should be a Costco class. One, where to get in line. But two, and I like this more because the parking lot's a gong show here, uh, that you should have to take a class on how to park, how to – because, you know, everyone goes right for the same. They go right down that middle lane or they mm -hmm. take a right. You go left, you're fine. So before I die – Costco training will become a thing. <laughs> and how to pump gas and navigate the gas, Judd, because you have Ooh, people. I like that. There right. will be two open spots behind the person who's third, right? And the person's just sitting there. Right. You have enough room to pull up in the middle and pull forward. So that's one. And then I don't know you're if right. you guys see this because I think you're all part of the Costco family. I don't know if you guys see this, but I see it almost every time I'm there. 
there is inevitably somebody who is seemingly pumping gas at Costco for the first time. They don't know how to slide their card. They'll put their credit card in like three times. It doesn't do anything. I was there a few days ago and the tenant came up and literally had to ask a person, sir, are you a member? (laughs) The person was not even a member. Oh yeah. Why were they even uh, in line? Get them out. Right? Yeah. You out of here. Get them out. And the other and the other thing about that is know which side your gas tank is on. And by the way, it says on your fuel gauge. Yes. It will either point right or, or yes. But, but it doesn't matter. That, that don't know. And so they'll pull up the wrong way and then they'll try to stretch the damn nozzle all But the it way will around. stretch. That's the thing. If you park close enough, just it does stretch. This is just there's natural selection, you guys. Those <sighs> know which side the gas just... tank is on. But, but first of all, learn how to drive. I do not want to get hit in the Costco lot <laughs> by some moron, okay? Learn how to drive. That's oh, good. I'm too worked up about this. You know what? It's, it's better stuff. to get worked up about this than about your Minnesota Vikings because, sorry, guys, that's just that's how the season is. That's how the cookie crumbles this year. But we've been happy bringing you content each and every week on Before I Die, along with Purple Daily and all of our Score North content. Don't worry. The Wolves are good. You can listen to that over on more of our Score North content. The Wolves have you covered. There's hockey still being played. Uh, Judd's Hockey Show. And then again, until the Vikings officially are done, which, you know, they're technically, you know, maybe, maybe. Maybe they maybe perhaps a pop tart show. Perhaps a pop tart show. I like that. I like that idea. Rank the pop tarts. We'll start that. (laughs) There's. I know this, Jesse and Judd. There are no more games this year in Hennepin County. 